When on the hunt for a new apartment, we obviously all have things that are kind of non-negotiables for us. I would say for me, top of that list is probably natural light. Just because I know myself, I know I'm more productive throughout the day. I'm honestly just happier throughout the day when I'm getting a lot of natural light. And it's important to know what you want and then really to be able to get that. You know, this is your space that you're living in. So apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools to help find a rental listing that checks all your specific unique boxes. So first of all, they have 3D virtual tours. So when you can't be there in person, you can take a tour of your possible future home, which is huge because it's one thing for someone to send you photos or to tell you about it, but really to be able to do kind of a virtual walkthrough to me is huge. Also, apartments.com has the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet, and they have amenity filters, so you can make sure your possible future home has all the amenities you need, whether that's in-unit washer-dryer, air conditioning, dishwasher, balcony. For me, in my next place, in-unit washer-dryer is like hands down, very, very high. So visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. I am. What an absolutely beautiful morning for Rihanna to be pregnant, Julie. We are never getting that damn album. (laughs) No, we are not. But I feel like we have been waiting for this moment. We absolutely have. It's funny because I feel like I've been dying to talk about this, but not in a way where we had insider knowledge and we were waiting for the news story to break, just in a way where I feel like collectively as a whole, we've all kind of been expecting that this news was coming. And so for it to be here and be confirmed and us to finally be able to talk about it on the podcast, it feels like a dream. Well, the last month or so, there's been speculation, but it was this weekend when there were paparazzi photos of her in that orange jacket. And that's when, you know, the speculation really started to escalate. And so I figured there would be an announcement soon, but I was not expecting to wake up on a Monday morning to a full photo shoot that they did on the streets of New York City. Like, this is exactly the way I would have envisioned Rihanna to announce her pregnancy in just such an effortlessly cool way, which is kind of the way that I would define their entire relationship. Oh, absolutely. The way to define the entire relationship. I mean, really, it's the way to define Rihanna. If you asked, I think, any group of people, one celebrity that they would describe as effortlessly cool, I think every single one of them would say Rihanna. I agree with that. And also, just when you think about the arc of their relationship, if we go back just to 2020, because that's when she broke up with her ex-boyfriend, that's when little rumors of them started because they did that GQ video, which we've talked about till we were blue in the face since the chemistry was so palpable. They obviously, you know, were spotted in New York a few times. They were spotted in LA. They did the Met Gala. And so just the entire progression of their relationship as it applies to the public eye has been done in a way where they weren't shying awake from confirming it, but they were doing so in such a more relaxed way. Like nothing felt even remotely contrived. No, definitely not contrived in any way, shape, or form. I remember those first photos of them in New York from when we knew that they were dating and it was official based on paparazzi photos and they were going to like barcade in the city. And it was like, do you know how fucking cool you have to be for that to be how your relationship news breaks? And then a couple months later was when ASAP did that GQ interview where he was like, she's the one, she's the love of my life. And everybody just absolutely lost it. And then seeing them at the Met Gala red carpet, which kind of feels like home base for both of them. I don't know. This relationship has just been really exciting from the start. And I think everyone's just been rooting for her the whole time. And so for it to finally come to this, to this big pregnancy news, it just feels so fitting. 
The other thing is I feel like the celebrity response to this pregnancy has really echoed the response of the public, which is kind of just a collective holy shit. Like you have Nicki Minaj grid posting it. You have Chloe storing it. It just feels like everybody is so deeply rooting for Rihanna that they are just as excited as the rest of us are. I agree. I do feel like the response is major, maybe bigger than any other celebrity baby news that I've seen. It's funny, like, I think whenever you have a really big celebrity baby announcement, the internet tends to go crazy because people love to treat it somehow as if they are personally related to that (laughs) child and that couple. But with Rihanna, I feel like people do feel such a genuine connection to her because that's the type of celebrity she is. And so I think that whether you're a celebrity or not, you feel this level of connection to her and therefore you're so unbelievably excited for her. Yes. And also because I think that from what they've both said, it feels like a very healthy, stable relationship where she's thriving, you know? So of course you're happy for her if motherhood was her dream or a goal of hers, how great that she's having that happen, but also with a partner that seems to really inspire her and respects her in the way that she deserves to be respected, I think is also a huge component of the, just the public excitement. Speaking of celebrity reactions, has anybody checked on Drake yet? Oh my God, Julie sent me this tweet this morning and it was the photo of Sydney Sweeney from last night's Euphoria when she saw Nate and Maddie. And the caption is, Drake waking up and seeing why Rihanna's trending, which I got to tell you, I'm not saying he's distraught or like he didn't see this coming, but I have to imagine there's a slight montage playing in his mind. I think so too. I mean, the way that I view the situation is that he'll always have regrets over how things went down. And I think she is so unbelievably happy and so past it and looks back on it as like a fond time in her life, but is happy to be where she is currently. And I, I think he'll always have regrets. I told you when I listened to fucking fans for the first time, my first reaction was that it was about Rihanna and a lot of people said it too. And if you listen to the lyrics of that song, it's clearly somebody that's filled with a lot of regret. Yeah. I mean, the way that I view it is that he probably feels as though he fumbled, which I mean, just objectively, (laughs) he did when you have the potential to be with Rihanna, although I do believe things happen as they're meant to. But in terms of the way that I would imagine she kind of sees it all is that she doesn't have regrets about what went down. I feel like she views that as a chapter of her life that is over with, whereas to him, I think he's just constantly what could have been. I think so too. I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll both be able to grow and be past it and their kids will be friends and everything will work out in the end. But I think that Drake and Rihanna is a period of pop culture history that we'll never forget. I think we'll move on from it. And I think we're so thrilled for her. And I think we love her and ASAP together. Or at least that's the general vibe. But when you look back at the videos of them performing together, I'm sorry, that'll always do something to me. Rihanna can have a million kids with ASAP. I'll never stop watching Drake and Rihanna at the Brit Awards. No, fucking forget the Brit Awards. You can just bring that up casually. But- The other thing that I just wanted to mention in terms of the Drake element of it is I saw a lot of conversation online kind of just remarking at the fact that in addition to how he may feel about this in general, it also doesn't help that he's currently single. And to me, I so don't view it in that way at all. He could be happily married and I still think the news of Rihanna's pregnancy, while I'm sure he is thrilled for her, would just hit a little bit deeper. You know, like I just think that Rihanna is the type of woman who's almost otherworldly, that his relationship status, in my mind, doesn't at all impact the way that this news probably hits for him. Rihanna's not the type of woman you lose and get over so easily. I think every single ex that she's ever had is probably looking at this pregnancy news going, you know what? I am damn happy for her, but this one hurts a little bit. Right. Like that could have in another world been me and it's not, and that's fine, but you know. 
What's actually funny to bring up the Drake conversation separate and apart from Rihanna as well is because I've seen a lot of conversation online about Drake and the mother of his child, Sophie, and a lot of people saying like, you know what? I wish they would just make it work. It seems like they have such a healthy co-parenting relationship. It seems like they get along really well. I wonder if they would ever just give it a try. And I never really thought about it, but recently, I think maybe because in the video where he's speaking French with his son, you can see her in the background talking to his mom. And I was like, you know what? Maybe they should give that a shot. You never know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if that were to happen. I wouldn't either. A conversation that I am kind of curious about is just how much of their parenthood journey they'll disclose because yes, they do tend to be a relatively private couple. At the same time though, they do things like this, you know, a photo shoot for their pregnancy that feels iconic yet also not at all overstated. Like everything they do just kind of feels so cool. So I I don't know. I'm just curious how they're going to navigate the privacy and also wanting to share that part of their life with the world. Yeah. I'm curious as well. I think they'll find their own balance with it. I think a lot of celebrity parents expect to maybe be more private. And then once the baby's born, they decide to share a little bit more. It's so personal. And it like, I really think there's no right answer. I think if you want to keep it really, really private, that's obviously a very personal decision. And if you want to share with the world because you're so excited about it and you feel like you're giving your fans a glimpse into that, then to me, that also makes sense. I find myself surprised sometimes with celebrities posting that I thought would be more private who end up not being. I think specifically John Mulaney and Olivia Munn right now. I remember you and I talking about it and I was saying I would be shocked if we got any content because to me, John Mulaney is such a private guy. But they've been posting a really decent amount. They've been sharing their friends coming over and meeting the baby. And I think that that's something that we could end up seeing from Rihanna. I think they'll be a little bit more private, but I do think that it's something that she'll want to share with her fan base, especially because she has such a strong and devoted fan base that it almost weirdly feels like giving your fans a gift because you're giving them a glimpse into your life. Yeah, I totally think that it's the kind of thing where they don't even know how they're going to play it until the baby is actually here. But hold on, I need to just tell you something. Not Skinny But Not Fat posted a story. This is about to really throw you back, okay? It's from the 2017 Met Gala when Kim posted a Snapchat story of Kylie in the blonde bob taking a photo of Kendall and ASAP, like making out inside the Met. Do you remember that? I mean, that was another life. That was almost five years ago when Kendall and ASAP were a thing. And that picture was everywhere. Remember the photo of of his hands on her ass? And that was the same night that Diddy cropped Kendall and Kylie out of the photo of all of them. Holy shit. Wow. That was a throwback and a half. I saw Not Skinny But Not Fat story of that. And I really had a moment when I saw it because I obviously remember the actual picture of ASAP and Kendall. But the the behind-the-scenes Snapchat from Kim of Kylie taking it was a thing that I think I completely forgot about. And then the element of just the way celebrities used to use Snapchat is like all flooding back to me now too. I know. And it was kind of such a meme when Kylie made a negative remark about Snapchat and like their stock plummeted. But it really is true that it was such a sign of the times how... I would say engaged celebrities for a period of time felt that they needed to be on Snapchat and for good reason. It was such a intimate form or felt such like such an intimate form of connecting with your audience. I remember that there were celebrities that would even occasionally respond to fans on Snapchat in a non-sexual way. I'm not even talking about like, you know, meeting up with fans. I'm talking really using that as a form of communication. And I guess 
obviously the arrival of the Instagram story changed things, but now you see a celebrity using it and I feel confused by it almost. Like when Courtney will post some of her stuff on Snapchat, I am always like, what are you doing? That's how I feel when anybody uses Snapchat stories. I'm like, who are you trying to hook up with? Yeah, I know. Remember the other day when we were having that whole conversation about the King Kylie era? Like that Snapchat to me is like so ingrained in that era as well. And that thing where Kylie tweeted that Snapchat was done and it plummeted was such a real fucking thing. That was not a coincidence. Kylie tweeted that and everyone was like, yeah, you're right. It's past its prime. Like we were all feeling that way and no one wanted to say it. And Kylie bravely stepped up and was like, by the way, we have Instagram stories. No reason for Snapchat anymore. And we were like, you know what? Yeah, this is going to be used only for sexting. But the thing that I feel really strongly about is that one of the kind of unforeseen, in my opinion, positive outcomes of Snapchat's kind of demise, not to sound so dark, is that I think it allowed Instagram in general to be less curated. And clearly, obviously, what you're going to post on your story is different than what you're going to post on your grid. But just in general, the idea of posting a story on Instagram and making it maybe some content you would have used Snapchat for naturally then makes it sway into the rest of your Instagram. And I think it just made Instagram as a concept more casual, which in my mind makes it more enjoyable. I think so too, especially in the way that celebrities use it, because I think actually I go back and forth with this, if I'm being honest, because I think a lot of times personally for the two of us, the way that celebrities use Instagram stories annoy me because they post so many things that I'm like, couldn't you have just fucking commented that? But just in terms of the lack of curation, I totally agree. It really, it changed things when when Instagram stories became a thing. And it's funny because I do also wonder whether or not celebrities still use Snapchat in the way that we do, which is like kind of just sending funny, quick content to your friends. I wonder if there's still a celebrity presence on Snapchat, but it has nothing to do with being a curated story or a funny story. It's more just like friend-to-friend interactions. We know Tristan uses it. Well, yeah, we definitely know Tristan uses it. And I cannot even express to you how strongly I agree with your point. And we have to be the only two people plus Isabel that feels this way because if the entirety of our business did not exist based on celebrity comments, I would be so much more excited about their usage of Instagram stories. But half the time it's like, why are you as Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas having this amazing interaction on story when you could so easily be doing this in the comment section and then helping us to get up good content. So yes, I'm on your page in a way that I can't even express. You know, what's funny. We never spoke about that before (laughs) until this moment. Yeah. Like this is never, this wasn't a conversation that we've had where we've been like, by the way, this is an issue that I'd love to resolve. It's more specifically when it comes to Blake and Ryan, because they use Instagram story a lot where they could comment. And that really touches me personally, but we've never had the conversation of like, by the way, have you kind of noticed that celebrities like a lot of times (laughs) post on their story when they could be commenting? Like this is the first time you and I are confronting that to each other. I think it's because we probably feel so powerless over the issue. Like the only way to solve it is to really sit down with either them individually or their team of publicists and be like, listen, I'm so glad that you were using this story feature. However, think to yourself before you post it, could this be a grid post? Like that's the conversation that I want to have. And I guess we feel like what's the point since we're not in a position at the moment where we can do that. So yeah, I'm glad we're voicing this to one another. Yeah, this is a good talk. I really, I felt like we really needed this. You know, when you're trying to get through to like a major corporation, whether it's an airline or you'd made a reservation somewhere and they're doing everything in their power to not have you get on the phone. Like they want you to download the app. They want you to talk online with the messenger server, with their automated messaging service. Like that is what I feel like we aim to do with celebrities. Like let your story be your final option because this so easily could go on the grid. It's just the same amount of, 
of work. That's how I feel. Like you're not exerting less energy by putting it up on a story. It's the same thing. If you're going to add a comment on your story, just throw it on the post too. You could do both if you really feel strongly about it. Just like throw me a bone. Well, the thing that really would just kill me to the deepest level of my soul, and I can't remember if this has happened yet, when Joe and Sophie specifically do those amazing Kardashian audios, every now and again, we'll get like a Kim crying face or a Chloe crying face. They don't typically give us too much. But if one of them posted that on their story, instead of even acknowledging in the comment section, that's when we would have a serious issue. I know. This is so funny. Like this, first of all, the reason that we got here is because we started talking about Rihanna's pregnancy and we somehow ended up at like a period of this podcast where we're airing our grievances with all celebrities. I know. Also, this is the definition of niche. Like nobody else is personally impacted by the decision to use story instead of grid, but I'm really glad that we just discussed this. I feel a lot better. I'm glad. I actually really feel a lot better too. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Okay, so an update on the Kim, Connie, Pete stuff. As we all know, Connie did an interview with Jason Lee of Hollywood Unlocked. And in it, he made a claim about stopping a second sex tape of Kim's from leaking. I'm going to read the direct quote, and then I'm going to provide some background information because I know that this felt a little bit confusing as it is. So he said, quote, I went and got the laptop from Ray J myself that night. I met this man at the airport, then got on a red eye, came back and delivered it to her at 8 a.m. in the morning. She cried when she saw it. You know why she cried when she saw that laptop? Because it represents how much she's been used. It represents how much people didn't love her and they just saw her as a commodity. Okay, so after this interview comes out, a spokesperson for Kim confirmed that there was a laptop, but said that there wasn't any additional sex tape on it. The direct quote read, the computer and hard drive collected were supposed to contain the original video and any unseen footage. 
After a review, there was nothing sexual on scene, only footage on the plane on the way to Mexico and footage at a club and restaurant on the same trip. Kim remains firm in her belief that there's no new second tape that exists. After 20 years, she truly wishes to move on from this chapter and focus instead on the positive things she continues to do as a mother, entrepreneur, and advocate for justice reform. Additionally, a source told Page Six, quote, Kim was and still is truly grateful to Kanye for getting it back. The tape caused her a lot of pain and continues to haunt her to this day. Even though they are no longer together as a couple, they remain aligned with the same concerns about how this content that continues to be used against her will affect their four young kids in the future. So I know when Kanye was saying this, we were initially really confused. And when you start to dig a little bit deeper, it makes a little bit more sense context-wise because in September of last year, this guy named WAC100, who was Ray J's former manager, went on this podcast and he was saying that in his possession, he has part two of the sex tape. And he was saying things like, it's even more graphic and it's even better than part one. And he was saying that he offered it to Kanye so that he could sell it as an NFT saying, quote, I would never give it to anybody but Kanye. That's the mother of his children. Which the whole thing, I just did not like. It gave me a bad taste in my mouth the way that this was being discussed by these men and Kim's body was like some commodity. I understand, I guess Kanye was coming at it from the perspective of protecting her. Anyway, as we all saw, after Kanye gives this interview, Ray J tweets saying, this needs to stop. I also have kids. And I guess my stance on it is like, if whatever went down between Kanye and Ray J was something that Kim was on board with and wanted to happen, and it was something that Kanye was doing either at the request of Kim or something that she was happy about, great. But the way that he aired it out in this interview to me was just so disrespectful. Right. Like you don't get to do something in an effort to protect your wife or protect your ex-wife and protect your kids and whatever the motivation behind that being potentially noble may be, and then use that against her as soon as it's convenient for you, because that's what he did. I mean, pre-SNL is when he got this tape back for her and he did it obviously because it was something that she wanted and something that was important to her. If this tape even exists, whatever it may be, whatever footage it may be. And so fine. That's great. Like I'm clearly, she was very, very appreciative of that fact. It clearly meant a lot to her that he did it. He clearly did her a favor by doing it and getting it, whatever. But you don't get to then turn around as soon as Kim is dating someone new and feel like you've done a nice thing and now you're being betrayed. Like that's not how that works. You do a nice thing because you do the right thing, not because you then get to use that as ammunition. Yes. And in general, I'm not even saying that this particular example highlights this, but to me, it's like closely enough related to say this. I feel that something that bothers me about the way that Kanye has handled all of this, and this is even when they were married. Obviously, Kim is a very sexual person. It's one of her superpowers. It's something that she owns. You know, she is a sex symbol. And I think it's something that she is very proud of. And I find something with Kanye is that he really leans into that when he feels that it's convenient for him or it makes him look good, or he derives almost a sense of pride from it. And then he's very quick to kind of turn that around and use it as something he's protective over or uh, something that's territorial or like she's doing something a little bit wrong when he no longer feels that it serves him. I don't know if I'm explaining that exactly how I mean it, but there's just something about the way that he has discussed Kim and her body that doesn't necessarily sit right with me because it feels like it's very much at the convenience of him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was kind of the discussion they were having before the Met Gala. Remember, we saw that on Keeping Up the Kardashians. And he was saying, like, when you're so sexy, it affects me. And she was saying, you don't get to, you know, 
have this thing that you love about me and then also block me from when I'm able to show that. Like, it's about me. It has nothing to do with you. That was actually, I have to tell you, when I saw that, that was the moment when I said, this marriage is over. I remember that so vividly. And I can't say with 100% certainty if the scene that you're referring to was either the night before the Met Gala, the day of, or right before she was getting ready. But it was definitely within 24 hours of when she was going to make this grand debut. And I just remember thinking like, what a dick move. Like, this woman has been planning this look for months. This is an absolutely huge deal for her. And by the way, the first few times that she was even at the Met Gala was as your guest. And here she's finally doing the thing that I think in her mind solidifies her as such a force in the world of fashion. And you're now making her feel a certain way about showing off her body, which is the same thing that you use when it's convenient for you. Like he, he just loses me. Like I'm so out on this guy. I can't even express it to you. But that was the exact moment that there was a switch because if you remember, one of the things that we always praised Kanye for, and even you like were very quick to praise him for this as well, was like the way that he let Kim shine. So like when they would walk, he would always be a step behind her. Like when they did red carpets, he was always, you know, a little bit toned down, not always, but towards the end of their relationship or towards the middle, he was always a little bit more toned down to make her stand out. Like it was something that he was very consciously doing. And that net gala switch where he all of a sudden her sexiness was now affecting him and it was something that he didn't want to show off or he didn't want to be proud of. That was the moment the entire dynamic of the relationship no longer made sense because you then had a situation where it's like, wow, one of the things that was like the most vital part of your relationship in our eyes was the way that he let you shine, the way he let you command a room, the way that he was so proud to show you off and have you be his wife and not in an ownership sort of way, just like in a genuinely like, I love her, this is my wife sort of way. And that moment where he said like, you know, this affects me, like when you're too sexy or when you're too sexual, that affects me. That switch from I'm showing you off in a way where I'm so proud of you and I'm so proud to be your husband to a way of like, I own you and I want to tell you what to do with your body. And that's when it was game over. That's the point where I was like, there is nothing I can say to defend this situation. And I think it was really, it was all downhill ever since. I can't even imagine how Kim feels, honestly, because I feel like I'm at the point where like I'm so sick of discussing Kanye. So I can only imagine where she is at in this whole journey because I have to imagine this is just so draining for her and for there to be a news story every single day of something out of pocket that he is saying, that has to be exhausting. You know, it's really weird how the internet works because right after this came out, this interview and Ray J was tweeting that, I was scrolling on TikTok and there was an edit posted from, I don't know, some fan page on TikTok of that scene from the most recent season of Keeping Up when she breaks down in front of Courtney. Kylie and I think Kendall. And she's like, I just can't do this anymore. He's an amazing father, but he really deserves to be with someone that can follow him. Like I can't just up and leave and live in Wyoming for six months. Like he really deserves that. And I feel like a fucking failure. Remember she's like hysterically crying and Kylie starts crying. Yeah, of course. And I always just go back to that scene of like, that was when she was maybe the most frustrated, right? Like that was at the height of it when she was really having this realization of, I can't do this anymore. And still, she was still talking about him, even through her tears with so much respect. And he just, for the life of him, cannot give her that same courtesy. And it's just like that alone is enough for me to say, you know what, this is this is so not it. What's interesting about what you said is take away any of your frustration that you have with him. It's really interesting to look back at that point of time and exactly what she was saying. When you look at Kanye and Julia Fox and you look at Kim and Pete, where the two things she was saying was like, Kanye needs somebody that can drop everything and just go with him and be with him and go on all of these adventures with him and be thrilled to do that. 
And that's clearly what he has in Julia right now. And what Kim wanted was all of the simple things in life that she felt like was the part of her relationship that was lacking with Kanye. She had everything that was grand and none of the smaller scale things that she wanted. And you can clearly see that that's what she has with Pete. So in a way, it really makes sense where both of them are at, especially in comparison to the words that specifically came out of Kim's mouth. It is so interesting when you think about it like that, because even though I would say in different ways, clearly Kim and Pete and Connie and Julia are relationships that people really are confused by. When you look at it from that perspective, it actually makes perfect sense. And that's not to say that the person they both end up being with fits that bill. Like maybe Kim will end up being with someone who is a little bit more grand and maybe Connie will lose the desire to just up and leave for six months and need someone to follow his every move. I'm not saying that what they need right now is what they will eventually need, but it is so true that it really does track. And she didn't even know what she was speaking was going to become the reality. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I feel like as sick as I am of talking about Kanye, the opposite is that I will never, ever, ever, I promise you, be sick of talking about Kim and Pete. I am so glad to hear you say that. And I believe you with every fiber of my being, because based on the way we both reacted to the photos of them at the Korean barbecue and then after at the escape room with Chloe and some of their other friends, it was like the first time we had ever seen photos. Like clearly, as much as it's becoming a little bit more normal, in my opinion, the shock of it all isn't wearing off. And I hope that we can stay in this space where it never really wears off, at least for a little bit longer. I so agree. I think the shock value is going to last for a very long time, probably longer than with any other celebrity relationship. Because I do think by this point in a lot of other couples, even if you were shocked in the beginning, you've kind of come around and been like, okay, it's wearing off. It doesn't feel like it's wearing off for me with Kim and Pete, especially because they keep leveling up in the weirdest ways where it's like, okay, your relationship started off with you being weirdly normal and now you're doing Korean barbecue in an escape room. Like I can't think of anything more normal than that. But then at the same time, you're also going to Jeff Bezos's house where it's like, thank you for giving me both ends of the spectrum. Like that is what I want. I want normal and I want extreme unrelatable celebrity. And to be able to give me both of that at the exact same time is that's a fucking gift. Right. Like over the course of a few months, not only is she sneaking out the back of his Staten Island apartment, but also there at Jeff Bezos' house. Like that is the type of duality that I could have only dreamed of from this relationship. And that's kind of what we're getting, even though we're only getting real insight or photographic evidence of one of the two. Don't you feel like she's so close to posting him? God, every time she posts a photo from the Bahamas that I think he either was watching her take or he took, I think okay, is she going to post like maybe just a photo where you can see his hat in the background or like maybe the reflection of his painted nail? And then I always bring myself to the fact of like, I actually don't. I don't think that we're there yet. I pray that we are, but I don't think that we are because I I hate to fucking say this, but there is a part of me that thinks that she would refrain from doing so as not to inspire Kanye to continue on this kind of like tirade. Is that wrong? No, I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting thought process. She may be at the point where she just really doesn't care or she's at the point where she's like, you know what? Fuck it. If he's going to do all of this shit and do these interviews and run his mouth, then I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. I could see her being so over it and just posting it. But I think that I actually think that maybe the reason she hasn't yet is because she wants to be like, I want to post this when I'm ready to post it, not because I'm doing it for any other reason other than that. But I have to say, I am completely uninterested, not uninterested, but I don't need a photo where you can kind of see his nail or maybe see his reflection or see him slightly in the background. Like 
I need that when I need confirmation of you guys dating and I don't have a million paparazzi photos. At that point, give that to me because any little clue that tells me you guys are official is exactly what I want. But at this point, we know that. We've seen enough paparazzi photos. We've seen them holding hands. We've seen the PDA photos. Like I don't need a small little hint to you guys being together. I need a massive grid reveal. Okay, this is a really fun game. If you could choose between, I'm going to give you options because I think if we don't have options, it'll get too crazy. Everybody else play along. This is just off the fly. The Palm Springs house, Staten Island, a restaurant like a Giorgio Baldi, Craig's, Nobu, Kim's Calabasas home, or vacation either in the Bahamas or Turks and Caicos, where would be your dream location for the photo of them to be taken that she eventually posts on grid? Um, okay. I have two different answers. Okay. I have a dream answer and I have a, what I think answer. My dream answer is something that is just as casual as possible, whether it's at dinner or her house or at the room at the Beverly Hills hotel that they've been staying at, where it's just either a mirror selfie together or really casual selfie or her laying on him in some sort of a way. That's what I dream. That's what I want. What I think in my mind, what would happen is she keeps posting pictures from the Bahamas trip. And eventually she just throws one up of the two of them together on vacation. I don't think it's going to be them kissing. I don't think it's going to be overly romantic. I think it would be some sort of a selfie where he's holding her in some sort of an intimate way. But I do think that logically, if it were going to happen, it would be something along those lines, because that's why I feel like she's so close. Why are you still posting pictures from your Bahamas vacation? You're already on a second Bahamas vacation, posting pictures from the first one. Just throw Pete up already. My number one dream would be a mirror selfie from exactly something like the Beverly Hills Hotel where they're both in sweatshirts and no makeup, honestly, maybe even wearing a mask. That's just like personally my dream, but somewhere I think in LA at a spot that they have maybe been photographed in before, or hear me out for a second, almost like a Chef Shep vibe of posting the TV screen of like the surveillance in a CVS. You know what I mean? That I could see. Like if they're in an aisle at Rite Aid and she takes a photo of that surveillance screen, I could also see that. I cannot wait for the day this happens. I'm so excited. Don't you feel like it's coming soon, regardless of what it is? I unfortunately don't, but I wish. I I, Listen, again, Julie, I fucking pray I'm wrong. Please let you be right. I just don't see it happening right now, especially in light of where Kanye's at. But again, what's soon? I mean, that's the real question. Is soon like a week or two or is soon like a month or two? I would say within the month. Okay, my guess at the moment is going to be no, but let's check back in a month and hope that I'm wrong. I cannot wait. I hope you are wrong. Everyone hopes you're wrong. You hope you're wrong, but we'll see what happens. I don't know about you guys, but I am one of those people where every year on daylight savings, having that extra hour of light in the evening just like completely transforms my mood. I feel like I am not me when it gets dark at 4 p.m. And obviously the flip side of that is that first morning after springing forward can be rough. So I want to tell you about something that can make it so much easier, so much more enjoyable. It's called Hatch. And Hatch can help you choose sleep, prioritize healthy habits, and then also make the time change transition seamless and enjoyable. 
So the Hatchery Store helps you build sleep habits that make your unwind and wake routines simple and enjoyable. So a phone-free bedtime, no matter what time of year it is, which again, is really a habit I'm trying to change this year, and this has very much helped it. And then with the Hatch Plus subscription, you can access the latest routine building features like Cue to Unwind, which signals you that it's time for bed, and Pillow Talk, which is kind of like your favorite shows or socials without the screen to keep you up. For me, that's like such a wonderful feature because it helps me unwind, but not in a way that feels unnatural. It's kind of like the benefit I get from scrolling my phone without scrolling my phone. And then waking up in the morning is just so much more peaceful. Like I don't think it's good to wake up to that jarring alarm sound. So to have kind of an easy wake up, I've just really enjoyed my morning so much more. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of the Hatchery Store and free shipping at hatch.co slash CBC. Visit hatch.co slash CBC to get $20 off and free shipping. Hatch.co slash CBC. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, what we're about to do is a little bit unconventional, but if any of you listened to the Bravo episode, you know that at the end, Isabel and I were talking about Paris and Love because she had just finished the finale, and I promised her that I would be caught up by today. So Isabel's going to come on and we're going to discuss all of that because Julie isn't caught up, but I know you had just watched only the last episode, like the final final. Can we just talk about it for a minute? I would love nothing more. How good is the show? It's incredible. This entire family is made for reality TV. I mean, there is no one in the world like Paris. I really feel that way. She is such a specific, special person. And to be able to get her on our screens in any capacity is a gift. But to then get her wedding with an influx of celebrity guests and Nicole Richie and Demi Lovato, every aspect of it was so perfect. I have to tell you, though, more than anything else, I know I have a really hard time deciding what I want my wedding to look like and what I think it's going to be and how I envision it. The only piece that I now care about is that right before I say my vows, right before I get up on the altar, Kathy Hilton licks my neck. <laughs> I know. That was such a funny little touch. And also, which Isabel and I will obviously get into, the writing, the vows, pretty much as she's walking down the aisle. It was perfect, Em. Yeah. I, I, oh my God. I have so much to say. I will hold it until the conversation with Isabel because I know she's been watching like as religiously as I have. But I, I guess my general statement that I just want to make is as much as I lived and died by the simple life back in the day. And to me, I thought that there would never be reality television that rivaled that. Honestly, seeing Paris in this light and such a more evolved version, I actually think it's different. It's, I'm not comparing the two, but if I had to choose, I'd rather watch this because that wasn't her real self. You know, that was the act that she was putting on, which she said, whereas now we really got insight into who she actually is and how she's changed over the last few years. And just in these different high stress situations, it was really, really enjoyable to watch. There's no reason to choose. Those two shows complement each other so perfectly. The evolution of her from The Simple Life is like a joy to watch. But when you rewatch those episodes of The Simple Life, it brings you back to a time where you're like, Reality TV will never be this good again. And you are right in that sense. It will never be that good again, no matter what it is. 
that relationship with Nicole Richie as it was back in the day is untouchable. There is no funnier two people on the face of the planet. There is no more entertaining two people. I could only hope that the two of them team up again in some sort of capacity, even in this stage of their lives to bring us something new. Because I think when the two of them are together, it creates absolute magic. Yes. And to see them at Paris's wedding, what a full circle moment. You know, you really feel like, wow, we watched them grow up or we grew up with them. It it was just really fucking cool. I loved this. Like I can't, I can't get enough. (laughs) By the way, that's the last thing I want to say is that the real hallmark, I think, of showing how much Paris has grown over the years is the relationship she's had with people and how she's managed to really fix and evolve every single one of them because the Kim relationship, the Britney relationship, the Nicole Richie relationship, even Lindsay Lohan, you've seen them a little bit interacting on social media. All of those were relationships that had issues that have now evolved to a place where they're all on great terms. If that's not maturity, I don't know what is. Exactly. My thoughts, exactly. Also, I guess after my section with Isabel, I'll end it. So is there anything else you'd like to add? No, I think that's it. (laughs) Hey, miss you already. Miss you too. Okay. So one thing about me, I'm going to get my food delivered. It kind of just falls under the general umbrella of convenience, which as we know is a core principle of my life. And I've been a DoorDash user for a while now, as I'm sure many of you are, but I specifically want to talk to you about DashPass because it's kind of really the way you get the most from delivery, which as a side note, if you use code CBC24, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. But let's zoom in for a second on what DashPass is. Basically, it's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door. So it's helping you save money and time with every DoorDash order. And number one, $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders. So it makes it really easy to save on groceries, retail items, restaurants, all of your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. And then this is the thing that really sold me. DashPass pays for itself on average in two orders. So it makes delivery even more worth it. Plus, DashPass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for only $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less. Sign up for DashPass today only on DoorDash. Use code CBC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, term supply. We all get bogged down with the mundane tasks of life, especially this time of year. But isn't it time you take a break from your normal, boring routine? Don't just sit on the sidelines and watch life go by. Get in the game with the bold tropical lime flavor of Mountain Dew Baja Blast. You can be having a blast anywhere. Having a blast at work, having a blast in traffic, having a blast while you file your taxes. No, really, we mean it when we say anywhere. With Baja Blast now in stores everywhere, you can be having a blast whenever and wherever you are all year long. So what are you waiting for? Pick up an ice cold Baja Blast today at a store near you. And for a limited time, with every purchase of Baja Blast in stores and at participating Taco Bell locations, you can collect coins for a chance to get Baja gear or a Taco Bell deal. This swag is available for a limited time only, so don't wait. Grab a Baja Blast and start having a blast right away. No purchase necessary, open to U.S. residents 18 or older, subject to official rules at BajaBlast.com. Ends June 15, 2024. Void where prohibited. Okay, so at the end of Friday's Bravo episode, I promised you that I was going to finish Paris in Love by Monday. And I just want to thank you for inspiring slash pressuring me to do so because it was such a good watch. And I now have the knowledge to talk about all of the key points you wanted to discuss. So I am ready. 
I'm ready to. I'm so glad you did. I knew you would love it. I just know you so well. And I just was so fascinated by this show. Every little detail about everything was interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, listen, if we really want to have this conversation like centered around the final two episodes, which I felt were so intimate and we really got it all, like we'll get into that. But I want you to start by saying what you just said to me a second ago before we started recording that you started to say, and then I stopped you about like the difference between Paris as a public figure and then what she was actually showing until now. I just realized that we don't know her and that she is weirdly a very private person. And it's like, you think you do, but she's all over social media and she's all over like appearances and showing herself and whatever, but we don't know her. We didn't know her that well until first her documentary and then this series. And on top of it, I felt like this series was really, really like raw behind the curtain more than probably most other reality shows. So with those two things, I just felt like, oh my God, I understand her so well now. And it was just, especially also on top of all of that, during probably one of the most stressful and vulnerable times in her life when she's dealing with the stuff with Provo and the school she was sent to and planning her wedding, getting married and the family dynamics with her fiance, like you just don't get more deep than that. I know. And the thing that I kept having to remind myself because I was continually blown away at how clearly organic it was. Like none of this stuff was rehearsed. She was really just taking you through the process, no matter how chaotic that was. And I always remind myself to the beginning of her actual documentary when she's like, I've had cameras around me since I was a kid. And so that's why she has the ability to just like go through her day and show it all because she's so used to a camera following her in a very different way than the Kardashians. Very different. That's what I kept thinking too. Of course, even in the earlier seasons, we saw the Kardashians, we saw Scott punching a mirror, we saw them fighting, we saw Kim going through divorce. We've seen it all. But something about this and just where they were allowing the cameras to go and the type of fights and insight into what was going on and sort of how she operates... I was just in awe of all of it and I loved it. And I felt so satisfied after the last two episodes because I felt like we were on this journey with her and we got everything. Yeah. And you know, so many times you watch specifically wedding reality shows and there's always this like race to the finish line and you know that it's going to work out, but you think that a lot of the plot lines seem to be a little bit contrived with this one. Of course, I knew that it was going to work out. Like there was no doubt in my mind that Mindy and Kathy were going to plan a gorgeous wedding, but the timeline really was as rushed as they were explaining it to us. Like (laughs) they were two months out with not that much done and you could feel the stress levels from everyone around her being in my opinion, like very honest. I mean, the van ride in the morning with Charlotte, her chief of staff, when they're figuring out the seating charts, the vows actually shaved 10 years off my life. I'm not even kidding. Maybe it's because I just operate in such an opposite way. I'm way more of a Nikki, like tag yourself, I'm a Nikki versus a Paris. But her literally writing them on her phone before she's walking down the aisle and Charlotte having to go print them. And then I'm like, what if the printer doesn't work? Like, It was so anxiety-inducing, but also it was after learning so much about her, it felt so on brand. Versus if a couple months ago you told me that, I would say like, there's no way. Who would let that happen? Right. There's There's no such thing as like letting it happen because even though she does have a real team around her at the end of the day, like she's her own boss. And that's very clear. And I think that to your earlier point, 
yes, I think that for so much of our lives, we didn't really know the true Paris because she never put it out there. But I think one of the reasons that she was okay with that was because the people that she does have intimately around her, like the very, very close people to her, you know, whether that's her mom or Nikki or even more than just her immediate family, like Kyle and and her cousins, they know her so well that they really get the full 360. And so that's probably how she was able to almost lead this double life because it wasn't like she didn't feel she was known at all. She just wasn't known to the larger public. Right. They know her so well and they all kind of just say, well, that's Paris. Like even Kathy. I want to talk about Kathy though, because to me, I feel like I get Paris so much more and it all feels very aligned with sort of the little that we knew about her, but I have learned so much about Kathy Hilton. And I feel like she's been so top of mind since Beverly Hills. Until then, she was sort of like mysterious in a way. She was just rich socialite. We knew she was Paris's mom, but we didn't know her. So then when she came on Housewives, we were like, oh my God, this is Paris Hilton's mom. We couldn't believe it. Watching this show, I now understand her. And I think the way that she was more on this show is much more aligned with what I kind of had in my mind all this time as to what Kathy Hilton would and should kind of be. But then you see her so kind of uptight. You know, she does things a certain way. She wants things done a certain way. She has very high expectations. I think she treats Paris very much as like her baby that she needs to coddle as opposed to the way she treats Nikki based on Nikki's personality being so much closer to Kathy's and more organized and on top of things. But then you get a moment where Kathy kind of reverts back where all she cares about this wedding being proper and perfect and that's not the way we do things. And then she's walking her down the aisle and she says, I want to lick your neck while she's at the altar giving her daughter away. And it's like, wow, you really can be both, Kathy. Well, the thing about her on Housewives is that all of it is low stakes drama. Like even the most intense fight that could potentially be going on between Erica and Garcelle, what is that to Kathy? You know, she's kind of removed from it. She doesn't really care. Then when you see her planning her oldest daughter's wedding, who happens to be marrying a guy that is incredibly type A that's stepping on her toes, it's like the gloves are off. Then she suddenly gets into that mode that I think she could escape from when she's filming Beverly Hills. I mean, Wow. It's like, I remember at the end of the Bravo episode, you and I were talking and one of us made a comment that watching the way she operates, even if people may have some criticism for it, there's parts of it that are inspiring, just like her ability to get shit done in exactly the way she wants it done. And I stand by that. I really watched the way that she interacted with the world. And I was really into it as somebody who, you know, aspires to build a family someday. I get how her and Kris Jenner are such good friends. And her and Kyle's dynamic. I just understand it all so much better. But she does have that very almost turned up nose that you would expect Rick and Kathy Hilton to have of like, no, 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 that's not how we do things. This is how it gets done. You can't do this. You can't do that. Versus if I only watched Housewives, thought she would be. Because she does have that side to her. But watching Housewives, I remember us saying, I can't imagine how her and Kyle and Kim were always having so many issues as sisters. But then when they get really into the whole plot about her and addressing Paris's trauma from the boarding school that they sent her to and not wanting to watch the movie, it just all sort of made sense. And I'm glad that we had this to paint a full picture of her. And I still love her. It's just... 
I just understand her as a full human being and not just like the silly who's hunky dory kind of side character that we learned about her first. It's almost interesting, the order. Like what if this power show had come out and then she became a housewife, let's say this upcoming season, and that was the first we saw of her? What would our impression be then? I so agree that the order that these two things came out was actually very advantageous to her. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't think any of it was pre-planned with that type of foresight. Like, let's show the world her lighthearted side and then we'll get the serious Kathy Hilton boss bitch side after. Like, I don't think it was thought out in that way. But as far as the public's reception, I definitely think it was a much warmer reception. And by the way, the full 360, I fucking love the woman the same. But you know, it's really interesting when you talk about the episode where they're screening Paris's documentary and she really had avoided watching it. She eventually does because she knows that it's important to Paris, but it's so, I think, strange that we would have such glaring similarities between that and then what happened with Kyle if you're a Beverly Hills watcher, where also she knew that the film about her mom was going to cause potentially some issues. And so her style of dealing with it was just avoiding it. And again, she does eventually work through it with Kyle, but it just goes to show you that in both circumstances, she really does have a little bit of an avoidant way of dealing with things. That's like her natural inclination. Yeah, I mean, I remember when we first found out, I think it was this season, that after all that drama and not speaking with Kyle for so long, which really caused one of their most recent falling outs, Kathy had never even watched one episode of American Woman. She'd only seen the trailer. And just the idea that Kyle was writing something about her and her family made her sort of hostile and not want to speak to her sister. And it felt very much the same thing. You're so right. I now want to just get your top line final thoughts about Carter. Oh my God. I honestly feel like I have been on such a journey with this man because I had some really not kind thoughts throughout a lot of these episodes. And I still stand by the fact that I think a lot of his behavior is just like, the only word I can really use is fucking annoying, but I was going to say cringy. Yeah. Yeah. Just like cringy and just kind of annoying. However, now that all is said and done, I think he absolutely adores her. And I do think he's obsessed with her. Like he said in the wedding, whereas to me, that's slightly concerning for myself. But I think that if you're Paris Hilton, that is exactly what you want. Like he was so down to have her be the star and kind of let her shine. And that's exactly what she wants. She wants to be the center of attention and he wants her to be it. I just think that what Nikki said about them getting to know each other so deeply in quarantine and then her getting reacquainted with the world and going about her day was like really hard for him. And that's something that I wonder how it will unfold as their life like continues. But yeah, I had some moments where I was so not into him that I can't even express it. But at the end, I think that he probably is the right person for her. Yeah, I think he's a little cringe, but also I think she has like weird, quirky things about her. You know, we think of her in one way, but when you watch her for real, for real, she's very much a different way. And that's, it's just great. Like it makes her so much more interesting that she's not all how you think she should be. And like you, like you said, he wants her and he's happy for her to be the center of attention because he loves her and he knows that makes her happy. He's happy with their house being covered in Paris art. He's happy that at the neon carnival, all the prizes are pillows that have photos of her on it. Like that's okay with him. And he just loves her. And, you know, I think in any other context, when he said, I'm just obsessed with you in that speech, I would be like, oh God, like that is not good. But you know what? For some reason, especially after the ride we were on and after watching the wedding, which I absolutely cried my eyes out to, which I'm just like a sucker for, 
I was like, that is really cute. You know what? That's cute. That makes her feel good. I was annoyed that he kept sort of like teasing her about like, you can't run away now. Are you going to run away now? And she's like, no, like I'm not, but like, maybe I will. And that was, I was like, okay, it's just like enough. Like he almost wanted to keep saying it so that it wasn't like an elephant in the room and that they could joke about it. There were so many things. Truly, I could analyze him forever because I think he's fascinating. And like you said, at the end of the day, I, I do think he really is the right person for her. Well, the episode that really made me come around on him the most was when they were in Washington because I just liked how proud of her he was. And I know some people may view it almost territorial is probably the wrong word, but like she's his prize. And I didn't feel like that. I genuinely felt like it was genuine pride. Like he cannot believe that this is the woman that he's married to. And he really is in awe of her, not just for her beauty and not just for her money, but for her brains and for her ability to make things happen that she wants to get done. Like I, I really do think that he adores every aspect of her, but the thing for me is like, he's very type A and she is very not. And honestly, for both of their sakes, like I could see it being annoying on both ends. Like if you're her, having somebody for the rest of your life forcefully kind of pushing you out of the house to get ready and trying to keep you on task and almost infantilizing you, I would go fucking crazy. And also if I'm him, it's like, oh my God, how many more times can we be late? Like that's the part of me that it's like, are they too different? But then I guess they say opposites attract. I don't know. She's so fucking happy that I'm not going to say anything bad. And I really mean it when I said that I came around on him, but it was a little wobbly for a little bit there. Oh, it was definitely a little wobbly, but- I'm just so happy for her. And I, ugh, I like, it's hard because I can't picture the show without an end piece. Like I can't picture them doing another season without there being sort of the grand finale and it just being a reality show. But God damn, I hope they do. I hope they do. I know there's so much. I mean, I, I honest to God, like if we wanted to could do an entire episode on this. I just want you to know that. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Yeah. Cause I, I could go through episode by episode. Like Wow. I know. It's beyond. The Bachelor part the Bachelor Bachelorette party in Vegas and then Kathy showing up, her in Washington, and then her and Kathy getting into like a scuffle there where she's literally just spoke in front of all these people and then has to be like, Where's my mom? Beyond. I'm obsessed with it. It was amazing. And I'm so happy we got it. I'm really sad about my Thursdays. My Thursdays were the best TV show day ever because I had Paris in Love, Miami Housewives, our fucking favorite. By the way, my actual number one takeaway is I am a Nikki Hilton stan. Obsessed? No, no, no. Like obsessed doesn't even begin to cover it. I saw her. I told Isolde Julius. I saw her like two weeks ago, right outside of the plaza. Seeing her pre Paris and Love, I probably wouldn't have even had a reaction. Like, oh, there's Nikki Hilton. But seeing her after, I was like, wow, I am in the presence of a fucking icon. Like, she's the one that makes shit happen in that family. No, she's it. She's yeah, it. She's it. Wow. Okay. Well, we love you guys. Kind of a whirlwind. Um, Isabel and I may be shaking things up with Bravo this week. So we'll keep you posted on that. And we'll see you later for Bravo and Kardashians. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. <laughs>